What's up, everything? It's time for our Atlantic Division preview, but before we get into that, Marco Scandella hits the LTIR, and the Blues hit the ice at training camp. I thought about making this intro 100 thousandths of a second longer than our previous intros, but I'm not petty like Nathan McKinnon. So let's get started, and let's go Blues! Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Thursday, September twenty second. We have just played. I'm sure a Maroon Five song is our intro for no other reason mm-hmm. than to express Adam Levine's immense musical talent. His musical talent is insane. <laughs> um, it's fifty I, times insaner in person. Yeah, that's the truth. I am Stephen Ground, joined by Ian Peters from across the country. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing swell. It's it's uh, fall weather out today, folks, in St. Louis. It's nice. It's nice and cool. You know? Oh, that fall weather. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know, you've been in Florida so long. Steve, Steven was he completely blanked. He doesn't know what yeah, nice fall weather I is. I don't have any idea. No, it's actually, uh, it had been kind of cooling off here. And then today it's suddenly 91 again. And I'm like, why is it so hot in my car? And I looked at the thermometer and I'm like, oh, that's why. But I don't like it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. fall it's, down there. It's just a different kind of fall, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's, uh, the, you know, the gators nothing, change color. It's one where nothing falls, but the temperature does get 12.6 degrees cooler. And speaking of 12.6, it's Nathan <laughs> McKinnon. Okay. I've gone, I've gone full. I've gone full puck soup with that one. And I want to issue a formal apology. I that was believe. a B plus though. That I, was felt a B plus. It, I felt it deeply. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, the richest man in the national hockey league. I mean, that's probably still not true. Connor McDavid probably has right. more endorsements than Nathan McKinnon or, or whoever, Sidney Crosby, I'm sure even more than either of them, but signs an eight-year deal, $100.8 million total, bringing the AAV to $12.6 million, uh, making him even pissier than Leon Dreisaitl by outpacing Connor McDavid by $0.1 million, uh, which would be $100,000, which, you know, to any other human is a life-changing amount of money and to these guys is a dick measuring contest. So just keep that in perspective. Anytime you want to say NHL players are underpaid, I can't, you know, I kind of get it. I'm kind of sympathetic. And then I'm like, but not really though, you know, cause they toss around hundred, hundred thousand dollars. Like it's nothing. Um, I am a little surprised that he actually went over McDavid, not shocked. Um, but he certainly has put out, a lot of talk in the past about wanting to take less to, you know, keep the team together and, and, and keep that core intact. And uh, he certainly didn't take less because he literally didn't take less than any other player in the history of the national hockey league. Um, Does that also make this? No, I guess, I guess Connors was the first $100 million extension. Right. Mm. Um, But uh yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on this deal? How do you how do you feel about it? I definitely thought he was going to make less than McDavid still, but maybe more than say like Matthews, right? Mm-hmm. Like Matthews is like eleven point six. I figure maybe this would be like eleven nine or twelve flat or something. Um, twelve six. You know, I think it makes sense. He's more than deserving of it. If you look at Don Lecision's models, as has been said over and over again on all these other hockey podcasts, he should be making more uh, than that based upon his production. But 12.6 seems extremely fair for him. Um, I like to just remember the time that he danced through the entire Blues team and scored a goal to put them ahead in game five with like two minutes left. And I remember thinking, you know, he deserves all the money (laughs) that they're going to throw at him because Mm -hmm. that's unreal. I do like thinking about how they had to have had the conversation where they're like, we want 14 million or whatever, you know, what's the most you can get. I think it's like 16. I think it's 20% of the cap. 
I'm sure they asked mm-hmm. for like 15 or something. And then, you know, Joe Sack, it's like, we can't do that. He's like, what's, you know, what's the lowest you could do? And he's like, mm, 12.6. I have, I have to say it out loud. I want more than Connor McDavid. Uh, yeah. But I don't want too much more because, you know, I'm, I'm humble. I'm very humble. Oh, very, um, very humble. You know, uh, it's, it's interesting. I was looking at their, their cap friendly and obviously they won their cup. So after that, you can kind of say to hell with the, to hell with the cap, give, <laughs> give the people what they want. That's what Doug Armstrong said. Um, but it'll be interesting, you know, this year it, it doesn't kick in until next year that is. And next summer, I guess it's next summer. Yeah. Or no, the summer after next summer, two summers from now, uh, they'll have like, a top six and that's it. And they'll have like mm. 14 million to play with. Eric Johnson will be gone. Um, they'll have, they'll have a lot to do with like restructuring the bottom half of this team, which isn't like the, the worst problem to have necessarily, but it is interesting looking really far out that like Miko Rantanen's do a deal in three seasons and he's making 9.25 million and he's only 25. Mm. So that dude's gone. Like, and I guess the, the cap could be jumping up by 10 million, like they predict, but it's interesting to see kind of like in terms of their contract structure, how long their window kind of is. I mean, yeah. their window is huge and Joe Sackett can do whatever magic he can pull, but it does seem like they kind of have like a solid three ish year window with this core as is. Um, yeah. I mean, some of the deals they signed this summer don't really make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Manson is like a good buyer and he did good things for them, but 4.5 million for four years on a team that's going to be cap strapped is interesting to say the least. Um, you know, same for, uh, you know, I thought the Valerian nutrition number was pretty high and Arturi Lekinum 4.5 for five years. I mean, he's very good, but again, it just, a, a couple of those were interesting and it, it kind of at the, made me at the time made me think, Oh, maybe they, no, McKinnon actually is going to take less, but they didn't uh, end up doing that. So it'll, it'll be interesting to watch how they build the team. Um, but I think we are getting to that point where a lot of these teams are, you know, I think the same is pretty true of the of the Thomas and Cairo deals. Like a lot of these teams are starting to understand that the cap explosion is coming and they're starting to kind of build that into their long-term planning. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's safe. I mean, is it going to be rough at the end of it? He'll be 28 when it starts. Like, yeah, probably, but um, that is what it is. He's going to be a franchise player for the rest of his career, and and you deal with the consequences when it gets to that point. Um, so, yeah, so good for him. Make that bet, <laughs> i say. Uh, a lot of people retired this week. Uh, Zidane Chara finally hanging out the skates, signing a one-day contract with um, the Ottawa Senators. no. The New York Islanders, no, but with the Boston Bruins um, to retire officially from the NHL. Played for 24 seasons with four teams, holds the all-time record for games played by a defenseman uh, with 1,680. He will be a first um, ballot. I don't know if that's even really a thing in the NHL. I think it is, but he'll be a a first eligibility NHL or Hockey Hall of Famer. No questions asked. One of the ugliest men alive. It's Zidane Chara. How do you feel about that? Ian? So me. You know, when you're that tall, it doesn't matter how you look. Nobody can see um, his face. That's right. He's know? way up there. You got to get um, a drone to get a picture of that. Thing. <laughs> it's just crazy to have uh, an NHL no more Chara. I mean, I, he kind of wasn't there ever since he left the Bruins, right? But it will be nuts to not have that that giant lurking around somewhere. I definitely thought he was probably just going to try and resign with the Bruins, have one more run at it, kind of, you know, get the entire gang back together for one more shot. Uh, but it wasn't wasn't to be, but, you know, all the best to him, other than being a, a thorn in the Blues side during their playoff run or their cup run. Um, I don't have any ill will against Chara. I'll always remember Chara for putting whoever the heck that was into the turnstile. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, God. was that Patrietti? That might have been Patrietti. I think it might have been. Yeah. Uh, oh Jesus! And then uh, Habs fans like calling the police on Zdeno for like literally calling the police to have him arrested. Uh, I love it. I think that's when it dawned on me in my early hockey fandom that like Montreal was like a different place. Mm-hmm. I uh, will always remember Zdeno Chara for being in uh, NHL games and. Um, 
and that uh you know just hitting like a truck mm-hmm. um, he'd send people into the into the crowd and then into outer space yeah exactly and it was always fun um so good bon voyage to chara bon voyage as well and perhaps more appropriately to longtime montreal canadians legend pk suban who uh, at least you didn't note here, did not sign a one-day contract with the Montreal Canadiens to retire as a Canadian. Kind of a bitter end to the relationship there. He announced his retirement Tuesday after playing in 834 games. And as you say, he will be a TNT or ESPN analyst uh, before you can say TNT or ESPN, I'm sure. Your thoughts on P.K. Subban? Uh, you know, I was trying to think of all the things I said about Char. I just said the same things. A tall guy, uh, <laughs> you know, great player, thorn in the blues side. Uh, it's too bad. Subban's really like the first, I don't know. There's been other players that have had personalities in this league, but I feel like he was the first one in like the cap era, the modern era to have like a personality. Um they talk a lot about how there's other players with personality now. And I'm like, there are, show them to me, show them to me right now, <laughs> because I, I don't think there are. I think being on TikTok and like um, saying you like to collect shoes is not a personality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, Subban really did have personality, like as evidenced by the fact that everyone says he needs to go into broadcasting. He already has some sort of um, show that's being made on the NHL's behalf or whatever, that's supposed to be like, uh, not what's his name? Who's Peyton Manning's younger brother, Eli, right? No, Peyton's places. No, it is Peyton's places. Uh, and they're doing like Subban's places, which really just like, I hope you name it something else. Don't, don't just steal the NFL's thing. But I, I think he's like, it's just too bad that he hasn't had quite the career. I was thinking he would, um, pretty much ever since he left Montreal his career sort of went on like a downward spiral like he had a couple good years there in nashville but just lots of back issues um couldn't skate backwards couldn't pivot what was it again what was it that tim peel said was a habit of his game of slew footing people it's just a habit of his game you know it's just Mm -hmm. a bad habit yeah um but yeah, he he just lost he lost more than a step. He lost a couple of steps, and it's too bad because yeah, I think uh, a league with PK Subban playing as well as he did in Montreal is like a super exciting league. Um, but all all the best to him. I think he'll be great on TNT. He's got he's got that personality. He sure does. Um, yeah, I mean, I think a guy whose career probably could have been a uh, hall of fame caliber if he could have stayed healthy but just mm-hmm. wasn't able to have the longevity that you probably need to be a hall of famer but um did win a norris trophy at one point i think i believe maybe. he did him and Charo, um, yeah so you know he very much uh deserves some recognition and some plaudits and uh yeah on norris and the king quancy so goodbye to pk suban and goodbye as well to Keith Yandel, he's played for 16 seasons, and he currently holds the Iron Man streak. But wait a minute, that's Phil Kessel's music. Oh my God, that's Phil Kessel's music. Ian, we're going to have a new reigning, defending, undisputed NHL Universal Iron Man champion this year, aren't we? That's right. Do, if, do... Uh, well, although, I mean, the Vegas Knights could fully seal... Oh fully seal their uh national league-wide heel persona by uh destroying that streak before it happens that's true that is very true um do you know i was just thinking this because i because of the wrestling reference doesn't phil kessel and eh, now i'm looking at it maybe it's not quite the same look don't you get kind of the same vibe between phil kessel and like john moxley they're just kind of like dudes they're just kind of uh, good-looking yeah. dudes. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, yeah. John Moxley's like, you know, if I look at him, like, yeah, you're a wrestler, and you could beat the shit out of me. But I, when but I John just Moxley look at his face, looked, he looks like a plumber. So yeah, yeah, he looks like he looks like an angry plumber. Oh, so <laughs> and this is my pudgy like brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is my brother that likes eating lots of hot dogs. Um, Keith Yandel, Keith Yandel. Uh, there's a guy that played a lot. Right. <laughs> they taught someone someone on one of these hockey podcasts i can't remember what they said said like he was a force at one point and i was like what kind of force like hey th- he set a record that mitch Reinke broke 
Um, <laughs> well, that's not a horse. <laughs> so, you know, this for the San, San Antonio uh, Rampage. So that, and that will never be broken again because they don't exist. But yes. yeah, I mean, he was, he was a force in the AHL. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I agree with you. What kind of a player was he, honestly? A good one, but just not a great one. He was a very, very effective offensive defenseman. And that's, you know, he played in an era when the, and on a team in Arizona that was actually like somewhat decent as far as like the Coyotes go for the beginning of his career. He was all right in New York. Um, and then he was kind of just playing for the Iron Man streak with the Panthers and with the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how that's how she goes. Yeah, he's he's a great guy, guys guy. They love him on Spit and Chicklets. Keith Yandel, Keith Yandel's got personality for other a, players. Yeah, another guy who could be an analyst. I don't, I don't. I this is too harsh, but like, I'm gonna say it anyway. Like a guy who who deserved the Iron Man streak in the sense that he played however many like 900 games uninterrupted, which. I don't care who you are is incredible in the NHL, um, but definitely towards the end of his career was just keeping the skates on to make that Ironman streak. And mm. he was playing for teams that allowed him to get away with that. Although they almost didn't, um, you know, it, it was, uh, it was not the the best part of his career. Kessel, you still feel like whatever his drawbacks is going to contribute 25 goals a season, you know, and, and right. still be a pretty good player. So be interesting to see if he can break it this year. Uh, the blues at Traverse city, a beautiful city that I missed going to this year. They went one and two, they lost seven to one to Columbus. Uh, they won eight to three against Toronto and they lost seven to one to Dallas. So what I think I can take away uh, is that the defense was good. <laughs> Landon Sim led Blues scoring uh, with three goals, and everyone else sucked. Uh, not a very good Traverse City camp. We didn't send a very good team this year, and I have nothing else to say about it. Do you, Ian? No, it's it's unfortunate. You know, it's unfortunate. They had some highlights I saw of different players. So like, here's like the top five players for the Blues at Traverse City this year, and I think our goalie um, was it Cranley. He had like a Eight eight three save percentage. I'm like this is a highlight. <laughs> like, uh oh, <laughs> that's not good. Uh, that's not great. It's it's too bad. It's unfortunate, but it's also like somewhat indicative of like our our prospect pyramid and prospect pipeline, right? It's just not the greatest currently, and um, that needs to be rectified, and will be when we when we tank for uh some i can't think of a guy who's a guy's name they can make up in five years we're tanking for lose not for hughes lose for no um defeat for lafitte cal lafitte from montreal uh (laughs) why i don't know um yeah we need we we need prospect help but that's okay that means the regular team's doing great that's true. Um, so moving on to training camp notes here, Ian crushingly put a picture of David Perron as a Detroit Red Wing in here just to make me feel bad about myself. Why? This Ian. is what Jeremy Rutherford did to me when I got on Twitter. So blame JR. You didn't this. have to perpetuate. That's called a cycle of violence. <laughs> yeah, you need to now send this. You need to now send this to uh, our group chat. The, the biggest training camp note that Nathan did there, Nathan, excuse me, I've had a guy named Nathan staying here for three days. Ian didn't even bother to send uh, is that Marco Scandella is going to miss like the entire season. Oh, See, right. Ian doesn't think Marco Scandella is a human being that's and he's right. worthy of discussion. So um, he's just like the fiend. He's, you know, he's, he's <laughs> a fucking demon that must be stopped and all that's right. The fiend who's coming back, probably, unless, you know, it could be anyone else that they're showing creepy but again if he comes back that's that's a schedule that's like a scheduling thing he's made uh a choice to make and that's because he's a human being you know he has a family that's true that's just a mask folks and those 15 million dollars is his rate you know, <laughs> he, he doesn't even do give, a good job as the fiend. <laughs> that's right. They gotta give him that other 15 mil, <laughs> um, which would be like the most any wrestler's ever been paid. But you know, just just move it on. Um, so yeah, I mean on the Scandella thing, do you think 
how how long do you think that they have known that? Because I would say all summer, right? Well, I guess since August at least, because they said it was supposedly a training camp or like a training uh, injury. I don't know how we injured. Do we believe training. that though? Uh, I don't know. I'm listening, and all what I'm trying to suggest <laughs> is this seems awfully convenient. <laughs> was the training camp injury uh, Doug Armstrong taking <laughs> a crowbar to <laughs> Chris Candela's knee? Because I'm just saying, if you if you were gonna that. pick He'd a player, if you were gonna pick a player on this team to suddenly have a training camp injury, it sure would be Marco Scandella, wouldn't it? Jake, Jake, do you want to make this team, Jake? Well, then I'm gonna need a little favor from you, Jake. You're gonna need to go down to where Marco Scandella's been training in Montreal <laughs> and rough him up, rough him up real good. <laughs> That's yeah, him and Tyler Pitlick had to whoever did more damage. Um, <laughs> is going to get a spot on this team. But on uh, all right. The, whatever Laval Rockets hoodie, That's cover right. your eyes and just start swinging. So when, uh, so Jeremy Rutherford did have a couple of camp notes. When I mentioned to Baruby recently that if eight of the top nine forward spots were spoken for, who would be in the mix for the ninth spot? The first name he mentioned was Logan Brown. He mentioned others, but that was the first. I don't know why I went full announcer voice there. Um, uh, I like that he was like, he said like nine other names, but <laughs> the like first the first name. one was Logan Brown. Yeah. And- it was just Logan Brown, comma, and then he went straight into the other names. Yeah, without any <laughs> sort of like special one. mention of Logan. That's right. Uh, and then I'll continue with the announcer voice because it's fun. A look at the twosomes the Blues have in their line comps. <laughs> I I don't like the word twosomes. Ian. <laughs> Gruesome twosome. Here's some yeah. truffles for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I guess the twosomes are the ones in in caps. Uh, that'd be O'Reilly Cairo, who are partnered with neighbors right now. Uh, Thomas Tarasenko, who are partnered with Baldick right now. Uh, Saad Brown, who are partnered with FERC right now. And Barbashev Achari, who are partnered with Costin right now. Meanwhile, Shin is centering Highmore Pitlick. And uh, if Buchnevich is with Thomas Tarasenko, would Shin be left wing with O'Reilly Cairo? Your thoughts, Ian? Uh, that'll be interesting if they decide to put Shen on the wing instead of uh, keeping him on like a third line center role like they had been in the past. Um, but it's I don't mind that it leaves Bushnevich with Thomas and Tarasenko, and I guess if you do Sad Brown on the third line, you're inserting like Barbashev on the right, and then you're just filling up the bottom with like Achari, um, Australian boy, and Torpchenko if he's back, Nathan or eventually he's back. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 fine. It's interesting that they're that they're pumping Brown a lot. I don't know. He seemed final in his limited time playing, streaks of of goodness. But I don't. It's just odd that that's like the solution, the like third line hole solution. I think he has the ability to do it, but I haven't really like seen it consistently. Um, but that'd be great. That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah, agreed. Um, and as far as Scandella goes, we all know that he's coming back in March. That's when he's being reevaluated. So that's your that's your trade deadline. Get everyone. That's it. That's it. Don't if you're thinking we're making a trade to get somebody at the deadline, we're not. He's coming back. That's our guy. He's gonna, our he's guy. gonna when Letty or whoever the fuck's hurt, and we really need defensemen now. That's our defenseman. So just you know. Trade deadline has already been nipped. Excitement been nipped in the bud. It's over. <laughs> so when it was like, what? Someone was even like, what could we get at the trade deadline with this LTR money? I'm like, no one, because even if that's not your trade deadline move, he's coming back by then. You know, not going. Maybe it takes a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's good for now in case something happens. You've got whatever three, three and a quarter uh, freed up in LTR. But I don't know. Overall, not too worried. I think the nice thing about that is it opens up a little more space for Mikola and Perunovic uh, to play in that bottom six or that bottom pairing that is. That's true. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I It's way too early to really talk about lines too much, so I'm just going to let what you say speak for everybody. And I'll just assume that you didn't, you know, include any screeds about, uh, you know, minorities or anything in there so 
Um, no, of course I agree we, with. We need a sell. We need an editor. That's what we really need, That's you know, right. so we can go on crazy tangents hey. and then this is like a 15 minute podcast. That's right. Hey, I, uh, I put in that thing with the, with the dramatic music in last week's episode and it was a big hit, you know, so mm. I'm sure people loved it. I mean, nobody reached out and said, my brother reached out and said something. So you know what? That's right. The people love it. it. You edit, you edit in, but you edit out. That's the question. You That's edit right. in, but no, okay, we I mean, just no. add more and more to the stuff. Honestly, we just lengthen it out. Honestly, usually our the stuff we do that makes mistakes is the funniest things that we do because we're not that funny, you know, on our own. So mm-hmm. I just leave it in, you know. I figure. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move on to speaking of ma- major mistakes. It's the Atlantic Division. Um, <laughs> This is the Hey-o. the league's best division, as the uh, constant reports from the media who are all located in the Atlantic Division will gladly tell you. Hmm. Um, you've heard of Milk's favorite cookie. Now listen to the media's favorite division. It's the Atlantic Division. And we're diving in alphabetically from the top for the Boston Bruins, who are giving us one final run for the seventh time. Last season, they were 107 points. They finished fourth. They lost to Carolina in the first round. And their top scorers were Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, Chris, Patrice Bergeron, Taylor Hall, and Charlie McAvoy. Um this season, they will finish with 105 points. They'll finish fourth. They'll lose to Carolina in the first round, and their top scorers will be Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron, <laughs> Taylor Hall, and Charlie McAvoy. Uh, they have uh, Eric Halla out. David Krejci is in. Pavel Zaka is in. Um, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. This kind of, The Bruins, I've never really minded them too much, but mm-hmm. this one kind of annoys me. The, the one final run at it kind of gets to me because it's like, you're not, you're not going to win anything with one final run at it. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not contenders anymore. So, and, and honestly, with respect to these players, like Marchand is really good. Obviously Bergeron's a hall of famer, Pasternak, maybe a future hall of famer, but it's not like, it's not like the friggin' uh, the friggin' penguins where they can literally just keep that core intact and that's the whole thing. It doesn't really matter if they win, you know. Mm-hmm. It just feels like de- delaying an inevitable rebuild for one more year. And like Jeremy, whatever his face is, the owner is just like trying to bleed some more money out of the nostalgia. But whatever, I mean, it's fine. They'll be decent. I just don't think they'll be good enough to win championships and they don't have Tuka Rask anymore. And uh, it's just kind of a weird situation. How do you feel? Am I being too hard on the old Bruins? I don't think so. I think I would rather they be out of the playoff mix because I feel like they're holding like this weird, like you said, fourth spot that could be occupied by a fun team like the Ottawa Senators we'll get to talking about. But like, I feel like they're this team that's just good enough to make the playoffs, but do absolutely nothing in them. And I'm like, oh man, just trade the spot with somebody else. Cause I've seen the story. Like, I don't want, I don't care about this anymore. Uh, Patrice Bergeron done after the season, right? Like has to be like, he's to be um, David Krejci is here, but he's like 37 or 35 or whatever he is. And it's like, okay, well, no offense, but your team was better with him, but they weren't that much better. Um, they were 10 years ago. Someone was like, you know, they're really good with David Krejci in 2013 or in a, like 2011 or whatever. I'm like, yeah. And that was also 2011. <laughs> that was so long ago. Uh, I just don't think that the addition of him and Zaka is really that big of a deal. I don't think they did all that much this summer to like address the fact that they're essentially just like one and a half lines worth of players. Um, Charlie McAvoy, I like a lot. But again, that's just uh, offensive defenseman, pretty, pretty deep, like actually halfway decent at defense, but like, there's just not enough there for me, but there's just enough to make the playoffs and be boring in them. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Pasternak, who I think is UFA this summer coming up. Um, my, my home run, home run, what? My hot take is that we get David Pasternak as UFA when we let Tarasenko and O'Reilly walk and we have to do something. They're like, do something with all this money. And they go, okay, we'll give it to David Pasternak. That'd be crazy. That's a hot uh, take. Would, that's you say my, it's, would you say it's John Tavares 50-50 right now? Yeah, it's John Tavares 50-50. <laughs> I will, 
it's my want for i really enjoyed what calgary did this summer like i think it was like a fun would have been really fun to be like a calgary fan and so to me i feel like o'reilly tarasenko walk and you're like okay like i'm okay with that as a fan but it's also like so what's the plan what's the deal i don't really know and they're like we signed david pasternak you're like okay cool um i don't know that makes any sense but i think it'd be fun i mean it would be cool Bruins fourth in division, losing the first round. That's right. And much like the Blues will be every year. No, I'm just kidding. I think that's fine. The Buffalo Sabres had a little healthy little bit of pluck to them. 75 points last year. Didn't make the playoffs, but had a better second half. They had a breakout star in Tage Thompson, who scored 38 goals and scored a huge pile of money. Jeff Skinner rebounded a little bit. Certainly still not worth the contract, but 33 goals is better than, you know, eight goals or whatever he's had in the past. Rasmus Dahlin continues to blossom into one of the better young defensemen in the league and probably would get talked about a lot more if he wasn't in Buffalo. Victor Olofsson and Kyle Ocposo were their other top scorers. They brought in Robert Hag, uh, who obviously is a game changer for this or any other NHL franchise. Or sorry, they lost Robert Hag, who obviously is insignificant and won't be a game changer for this or any other NHL franchise. And they brought in Ilya Labushkin and Eric Comrie, both of whom are obviously game changers for this or any other NHL franchise. They had 70 points last year, 75 points last year. Uh, they may have as many as 78 this year. Your thoughts on the Buffalo Sabres, Ian? Who, hey, hey, real quick, we did not leave out of this year's Atlantic Division preview. That's right. That's right. Three years in a row, probably. Um, did I miss anyone? Did they bring anyone of consequence in? Did they do anything? I don't think really? so. No, I don't think uh, so. I mean, they were fun and plucky at the end of last season, right? The second half, Tage Thompson was a fun story, but like, there's just not been enough going on there for me to like think they're going to be any better i think they definitely got uh lapped by the ottawa senators who that you know finished above um last season by like a point or two and i definitely don't think there will be this season like what's their goaltending what's their defense outside of darlene like who's tage thompson scoring and that's sort of it hopefully i mean you hope he's scoring you hope you can duplicate this mm-hmm. that's kind of what it is to me right now is like like you said, I even forget that Darlene's there. So I'm like, hey, this is the fun Tage Thompson team. Let's see if Tage Thompson scores goals. That'll be fun. And then it's like, well, what else? I'm like, I don't know. That's it for me. <laughs> That's all I know about this team. Um, it's too bad because, like, I just think none of their young guys have really worked out that they've drafted. They've had, like, a terrible draft record in terms of, like, converting their draft picks and actual, like, viable NHL players. And I, I don't know what their outlook is right now. And I feel like they can be happy that the Buffalo Bills are good. They should be very happy that the Buffalo Bills are good because if they weren't, there'd be a lot more um, eyes on them and how not good they're going to be this year again. Yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, um, You know, I just, I, I don't know. They need, they kind of seem like they're stuck in that hell again where they don't have the star power to, break out of it but they're not good bad enough now to like really lose enough to get like a Connor Bedard or somebody you know so it's just kind of like we'll see I guess but I guess if um Cousins and whoever else continues to grow um we'll uh you know we'll see that we'll see the fruit in a couple years but uh, it just worries me a lot for them um Detroit Red Wings are a team probably the biggest game changer this year uh in terms of just the you know total movement made up and down in the in the standings the the moves they made the decisions that they made the improvements that they made the other things that they made um i just like the real makers movers and shakers that's right um they had 74 points last year uh, finished sixth. They didn't make the playoffs. They had Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi, Lucas Raymond, Moritz Sider, and Philip Ronick uh, in the um, on the you know in the top scoring. Dylan Larkin very good. 
Tyler Bertuzzi, okay, uh, and unvaccinated. Lucas Raymond, great youngster, more insider, and even better youngster. So, you know, things are starting to look up. They lost Vladislav Nemesnikov. They lost Troy Stetcher, but they brought in David Perron, Andrew Kopp, Dominique Kubelik, Ben Sherat, Vili Husso, Ali Mata, Mark Pissick, and the aforementioned Robert Haig, who is obviously a game changer for this or any other NHL franchise. Um, I... I don't think all their moves were amazing, to be honest with you, but they made a lot of moves. And honestly, genuinely, I think that's fine for them right now. They really need to take a step forward. Uh, the Shanna plan, the Shanna plan, the uh, Iser plan has to like kind of start putting some flesh on the bones, if you will. And uh, we need to see the fruit of everything that he's been doing. And I think this year is going to be big for that. Uh, Raymond, second year, Cider, second year. I'm sure they've got some other youngsters who will make an impact. Perron will make a big impact. Larkin is still really good. Uh, I'm excited to watch the Red Wings this year. I'm not convinced that they're a playoff team all of a sudden because the top four of this division is very hard to crack, but uh, they're certainly hopefully going to be in the hunt. What do you think about Detroit? As I say, put them in maybe like the Pacific or even our own division. I think maybe they could possibly grab a wild card spot, but it's going to be tough in the in the Atlantic or even trying to grab a wild card spot from someone in the Metro, which just sucks because I think you're right. I think they made a lot of additions that make sense and kind of a shotgun blast of new names that should hopefully, um, again, put them over the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a marking of itself for Ottawa and Detroit. Be like, hey, we're, we leaped the Buffalo Sabres in the standings uh, and we got real close to getting a playoff spot or something. But yeah, David Perron, Andrew Kopp, I think those two alone being or like surrounding guys like Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider is going to be huge just because you have some veteran presence and two players that can still play really well. Kubelik can score goals. Ben Sherratt's not like the greatest player, but he's a defensive defenseman uh, on a team that's very young. Billy Huso, I'm I really I'm pulling for Billy Huso. I hope he does really well up there. Um which is not something you hear often about a Blues fan saying about any mm. Detroit team. But, like, I really do hope he, he plays well up there. I hope he's not part of, like, what seems to happen every year. Someone gets a backup goalie, the backup goalie doesn't play that well, and then they're kind of, like, you know, they shuffle <laughs> they shuffle off their mortal <laughs> They live. They live. They're fine. They're fine. Apparently not. But in terms, they shuffle off their NHL mortal uh -huh. in terms of their career. Um, yikes, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, that's uh, I'm 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 rooting for this team. I hope Dave Ron does super well, if not only to shove in Dark Armstrong's face, seeing him in that Red Wings jersey kills me and reopens the wound fresh anew. And when we talk about needing a top nine forward or something or a top six contributor, we're missing you know a goal scorer this year. Uh, there's your guy. He's there. He's just not here anymore. Um, but, you know, props to Eisenman, props to this team. Hopefully they do decent. I hope that they at least put up a, a good fight. Yeah, agreed. We'll see. It'll be a fun team to watch for sure this year. They're kind of like this year's Ottawa Senators. But you know who else is this year's Ottawa Senators? It's not the Florida Panthers because they were really good last year, and Ottawa isn't next alphabetically. Uh, <laughs> the Florida Panthers had 122 points. They finished first. They lost in the second round to Tampa Bay. Uh, they lost Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger and Claude Giroux and Ben Chirot. And they brought in, obviously, Matthew Kachuk and the big deal, Mark Stahl, Colin White, Nick Cousins, Rudolph Balsares. I think uh, Elliot Friedman made the point of like that that move when they made it to trade for Kachuk was a forward looking move. It was a move that said we might be a little worse for the time being, but we think we're going to be better and set up better long term. I think that's true, but I don't think they're bad enough to fall out of the playoffs all of a sudden. I still think they're a very good team, just probably not a president's trophy winning team. And I think uh, they're one of those. One of those groups, very similar to Carolina, probably not quite as far along as Carolina in this respect, but they just had to prove it in the playoffs and get through and break through the next level. Uh, thoughts on uh, on the old Florida Panthers? Yeah, I definitely think they're probably not quite as good as they were last year, but still good enough to make the playoffs. And yeah, it's all about success in the playoffs at this point. They've proven that they can compete with anyone in, in their division even in their conference and in the league, um, but they have to put it together 
when it matters. And it seems like, especially these last two seasons in a row now, they've lost to Tampa, which isn't, you know, isn't anything unique among NHL teams. Every team aside from the Colorado Avalanche uh, lose to Tampa. So it's just uh it's just a hurdle they gotta get over it's their blackhawks it's their la kings or ever you know from a blues perspective they just have to be able to beat that team in order to move forward um so just hope that you draw toronto because really that's that's your best bet you know they're not going to go any further so you're obviously past them up and hope that maybe you don't have to play tampa until maybe round three or something but yeah it's it's going to be interesting. I'm interested to see how Kachuk does down there. Um, I think they also signed, uh, who's the other stall? Eric stalled like a PTO, I want to say. Oh, um, the so all the, the stalls are down there in Florida, are they, Carolina. Are they stalling for Dolan, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember oh, that. Steven. Uh, that's right. It's so funny. Man, I remember um, when we sucked that year for a while too, and I was making jokes about that. I was like, I can't wait till we go for Rasmus Dahlin. Come on, everybody. Free falling for Dahlin. Um, yeah, they'll be it'll be interesting to see how they do with Kachuk. It'll be weird to have Kachuk down there. I don't know. Hubert and Uyghur in Calgary feels more. I don't know, feels more normal already than Kachuk in Florida does. That feels just really weird to me yeah for sure i think uh i don't know it'll be it'll be interesting i'm obviously those three will be a huge storyline this weekend um or this weekend this season um so uh yeah i mean they'll they'll be much talked about and one of them will be declared as the winner of the trade way too early and all that so you know that'll be all fun um when we get to watch it so hooray uh the canadians were awful this year um the uh they have 55 points they didn't make the playoffs Gary Price was obviously off dealing with his personal issues Nick uh Suzuki has not been living up to that enormous contract they gave him Cole Caulfield really hasn't lived up to the hype Mike Hoffman is still an NHL player which is just genuinely shocking to me they made the big Christian Dvorak trade that worked out horribly um, Josh Anderson isn't really paying off for the contract they gave him just a lot of bad decisions there um, Shea Weber is going to be out you know for the rest of his career pretty much uh, Alexander Romanoff got traded Carey Price who knows what his situation is exactly they drafted Gerard Slavkowski first overall it's a you know it's a little uncertain where he'll play this year mm-hmm. um, but he uh, is going to be a good player in the league uh, you assume Sean Monahan uh, is um also there now and Kirby Doc. So a couple of you might say redemption projects there. Evgeny Dadinoff is also there to score some goals. Madison Bowie, Mitchell Stevens. I don't think this is a team that has any illusions of competing this year or being significantly better. I think they're probably going to try and just figure out what they have in some of those Suzuki and Caulfield type wires and then maybe really make a run at it a couple years down the line when some of the players they drafted uh, this year kind of mature and, and get ready to go. What do you think? Yeah, but they have players that should be better there. Like you said, with Josh Anderson, um, Christian Dvorak, but like they just, they don't fit on this team and the team as a whole just doesn't have all the correct pieces in the right spots for them to be good enough to really compete. I mean, I definitely think they're going to be, bottom of this division again Nick Suzuki is fun Cole Caulfield's fun um I think Cole Caulfield could probably get like a 30 goal season this year like a full season under Martin St. Louis um Nick Suzuki being the captain and all see if that affects him um see how Jake Allen does see if they have to like extend Jake Allen at some point Uh, I think he might be due for one soon because Carey Price probably not the answer up there anymore um, mm-hmm. And I hope Slavkowski makes the team. I really do, because I think it'd be just, like, fun to see how he does in the league while Shane Wright's over in, in uh, Seattle and just see see the two compete against each other. I know it's not a real one-two competition because Wright went fourth or whatever, but it definitely sort of feels like that. It's the guy that was supposed to go first versus the guy that did go first. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, and, uh, and hopefully 
the Canadians bring back their reverse retro where they get a blue jersey because that thing looked dope. I know we're also getting new reverse retros this year. I don't know when they're going to reveal them, but I hope there's just the same thing, even though I'm sure it won't be. I swear to God, if they bring that one back, I'm buying it. I will not miss it this time. It was so beautiful, and I'm so upset with myself for not buying one. Um, I mean, honestly, I think maybe my favorite hockey jersey ever. It was just like perfect. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was I was too into that jersey. I'm looking it up right now. Looking, I gotta look at it again. Looking at some jersey porn right now. <laughs> Canadians reverse retros. Oh it's, god, there it is. It's truly oh. unreal how fucking hot that jersey oh, is. Oh my god. Like it blows <laughs> my mind. <laughs> yes, yes. I just want to see that on the ice for one more night, Ian. Just one more night. Um, I don't uh, think that attraction could be intensified anymore. I don't either. You know what? I don't think, I think it's getting harder to breathe out here. All right. Okay. Adam will be digs aside. You know, he's he's got kind of a French sounding last name. So that was an appropriate time to get those digs in. The Ottawa Senators, another team that's made huge improvements this summer. 73 points last year. They didn't make the playoffs. They've got Brady Kachuk. They've got Tim Stutzler. They've got Josh Norris. They've got all of those guys signed long-term right now, finally. Drake Batherson, Connor Brown, uh, out Matt Murray, Connor Brown, and Philip Gustafson. Um, but uh, probably the biggest out, as as uh, dark as this is to say, Eugene Melnick. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not happy the guy's gone, obviously. It's sad that he, you know, passed away, but the team is just night and day different um, in the aftermath of, of his children taking over. It's, you know, the team is just being managed very differently, clearly. And I think almost anybody who is being honest would agree that you wouldn't have seen most of these changes if he was still at the helm. They made the big trades uh, trade for Alex Brinkett. They brought in Cam Talbot. They brought in hometown boy Clojure and uh, Tyler Mott as well. They've obviously locked in all of their stars. I'm sure they have a plethora of younger guys who can play a role as well. They're going to be a wagon this year. You know, I I really don't know if they've done enough to bridge the enormous gap between 73 points and 105 points or whatever we said the um 107 did we say the Bruins had yeah so like that's a 34 point gap I don't know if they can can leap that much in one season but I think they're going to be good and I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch yeah this is definitely my like eastern conference team this year where it's like I just want to see how well this team can do because I think when everything's clicking they're going to be lights out um defense obviously question marks more around that question marks uh around goal but again i think um adding whoever was cam Talbot as their backup who's their who's their like starter or they're like 1a these days what's that guy's name he used to be like journeyman he was there um oh it's uh 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 i'll get it i'll get it go ahead he's got it but um yeah they're they're gonna be really they're gonna Anton be Forsberg. Anton Forsberg. thank you i was like he's got a famous last name but not for but it's not his last name um yeah, I just I I'm really curious to see how Giroux and Demerkat do on this team. Like you know, Brady Kachuk can score. Um, Tim Stutzla, I want to see. He's the guy, right? He's the guy that gets talked about uh, this summer. Has already been talked about coming to training camp. Is looking like he's in the best shape of his life, and he's really committed. You know, this summer to to working out and and trying to get better. And he's gonna have the breakout season. My dogs are all in. On Tim Stutzla. They love it. No, they hate Brady Kachuk for leaving the city high and dry. Ian, do you know what that is? What's that? It's because Tim Stutzla's got that dog in him. Oh, that's that's really I mean, uh, you know literally that's the opposite of the uh of the allegations against Tim Stutzla, but still, you know, we're gonna count it. Well, he's like Frankie, he flops a lot, you know. That's that's just that's, that's just the way it is. I'll send you a gift. I'm gonna send you a gift. We're gonna throw it on up on Twitter. It's just my my docs and flopping all over the place. And that's Tim Suits. Like, get that out of your game, Timmy. Uh, my dog can do it, but not you. Um that's right. LB, they're the the team to watch, right? They're the team that everyone's interested in, it feels like um this fall to see how they do. I like you said, I don't know that they make up that gap, but God, I really, I think my biggest hope is that this division is no longer like the haves and the have nots. Um, 
maybe in the sense that like Buffalo and, and the Canadians aren't really going to be that good, but like, I really want Detroit and Ottawa to actually take some games off of Florida and off of Tampa and Boston and Toronto and actually make this like a much closer race than just having those four like decided and in playoff spots securely come like November. Um, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to have a little more competition in that division. Yeah, definitely. And it's just a fun team to watch. I mean, I think I, I always do this and I never actually like watch the team that much, but it's like, this will be the team that I'll look up on ESPN plus this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, we'll see. You're, but, you're in the right time zone now. You're in the right time it's zone. True. The problem it's is true. always they're on at six here and I'm like, well, I gotta eat and cook dinner. And then the game's already halfway over. And I'm like, ah, that's, whatever. That's very true. Very good point. Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, what more could be said about them? They've been in the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row. They have all the players that they've always had. They don't have Ryan McDonough or Andre Pallott anymore, but they do have Ian Cole, Vladislav Nemestikov, Hayden Fleury, and Philip Myers, who I think we can all agree is a game changer for this or any other NHL franchise. I don't even want to really talk about this team. They're going to be really good. They could win the cup again uh, with French wash and repeat. I mean, do you have, yeah, yeah the most that? boring, the most boring team to talk about just because it's the same team. Like do you, Andre Pallott, that's the guy that they really like, or, you know, they're going to miss him and him and Ryan McDonough, you know, you take a few of those players away. Is it going to make a big difference? It will not, it will make no difference whatsoever. They'll be great. Um, Steven Samkos though had like one of the quietest hundred point seasons, like known to man. <laughs> I looked this up and was like 106 points last year. What the fuck? Did like no no one talked about this? 42 goals, 64 assists. Dang man, you have yourself a season, Steven. You uh, broke your leg and then couldn't even play for a big good chunk of last year. Um, wasn't weren't even playing in the playoffs. Like good for him. Yeah, he's a he's a all timer. I mean, he's a really good player. Uh, remember when he was 50-50 for the Toronto Maple Leafs and now That's he's right. back in disaster. There, he wasn't in any he, there weren't any pictures of him in PJs though, right? So wah, wah. that's true. That's true. Although he was on Alex Petrangelo and John Tavares's like junior team, I want to say, when they were or where they were like the Toronto Blues, they had blues jerseys on. So 50-50 that Steven Samkos becomes a St. Louis Blue on his next contract. True. I would say 50-50 indeed. Um, And speaking of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, they're the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know. I mean, what, 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 what more can you say about this team? They're disgust to death. They're gross. Everybody they're disgusting. Them. Are there people that really like, I mean, other than Toronto people, are they like impartials? I love I love our friend Mustafa, and I know that he's a big Maple Leafs fan. And everything I'm about to say is going to cut to his soul if he's listening. It's going to trigger I him. I hope he is. But like, it's hard to root for this team with the coverage they get. I'll just put it that way. They make it very easy to be unlikable. Um, and uh, they their constant protestations that they don't make it easy to be unlikable and that they're just misunderstood only make it easier for them to be unlikable. You know what I'm saying? So I hate um, only grows deeper. Yeah, that's that's a good point though. Like the team itself, there's no one on this team where I'm like, God, you know, they don't really have like a Jonathan Taves or somebody where I'm like, I hate this guy so much. It's just the fact that they're covered nonstop and they're pretty much talk about they're talking about like man this is the t- you know it's like this team of winning the cup and if they don't then i guess some other team will just get awarded the cup you know but like it was really like the maple Leafs cup that they were going to win it's like it's just it's just so much coverage if you listen to like any other hockey podcast or like look, look in any sort of like hockey news it's always the maple Leafs. it's always what they're doing like they have Rasmus Sandin hasn't signed yet and like on any other team at least in the US I mean what that'd be like if that'd be like if Nico Mikola wasn't signed yet and then we'd be like oh and that'd be it but up there it's like it's being talked about on the radio and like what does he want oh he really wants that like the same deal as Lilligren well that's preposterous I'm like preposterous don't use that word this dude's like uh, I'm sure he wants to play in the top four but like He's playing on your bottom pairing. Doesn't matter, but that's, you know, endless content for them. Um, I think the craziest thing, 
one of the craziest things I should say of the summer is the fact that they are going into this this campaign with Matt Murray and Ilya uh, Samsonov, and that's that's yeah. the that's the plan. And they've and they've all deluded themselves and be like, that's a good, that's a pretty good plan. And I'm like, what? It's, I'm like, that's couldn't be any worse, right? What what blows my mind about that is like the I the ceiling, the the ceiling that is conceivable in any way is like league average goaltending. Mm-hmm. That's like a big win for them if they just get league average goaltending. And that the fact that that has become like a secondary narrative, like, oh, well, it's just Dubas, even though Dubas has done nothing to make this team better ever at any point and has arguably made it worse. Um, you know, and by better, I don't mean that there weren't incremental improvements, but they're still stuck in first round hell, you know, so mm-hmm. um, it, it, the fact that it just becomes well, Dubis, he just we just got to trust him. He just knows it, you know. It's just his, they're his Sue Greyhound boys, and he just knows. He just he's just aware. He has the touch. He's got the power. He give, give me one more chance. We'll be right in the eye of the storm. I don't know the rest of the lyrics there, um, but when all hell's breaking, anyway, you know, you everybody knows the song. Um, everybody knows the Transformers song. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you pointed out, just absurd that. This, this whole team season could fall apart. I mean, they could not make the playoffs because it's not like they're going to have the salary cap space to get rid of those guys if they're not good. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just such an insane gamble to take and to 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 retcon yourself into believing that it was a plan, a brilliant plan all along and not just a, an obvious misread of the goalie market when they wanted Billy Huso or somebody, which by the way, with all due respect to Billy Huso, I don't think Billy Huso would have been a good solution for them because he's unproven and it still would have been too big a risk for a team that has to make the second round, has to, has to, has to, has to make the second round. Kyle Dubas will not have a job if they don't make the second round. 100% rock solid guaranteed and Brendan Shanahan might not either. So, you know, it's like, it's just an insanely wild risk to take. I think it'll, I think they've got enough offense and those guys will probably be enough better that they'll, you know, make the playoffs again. But I don't know mm-hmm. how one of those guys helps you get through the, to the second round. And that's really all that matters for this team. Yeah. It's, it's more of the same. Like it's just, again, you play a great season, you look really good. Austin Matthews goes for another heart. He goes for 60 goals again. He's going for the heart. It's, it's all it's all fun and games. And then it's the second round and or it's the first round against Florida. And Florida's actually not as good as last season. So really we should be able to win. And then they don't. Yeah. This is Austin Matthews. I just wanted you to see him because he was right here. The you know rookie card of his. Look, I'm um, I love Austin Matthews, and I hope he's an LA King in two years. I really do. You know? I really do, and I hope he gets a haircut for God's sake. Um, but yeah, I mean, this team just has to go out and prove it. And if they do, hey, I'll be the first to eat my words. They did it. Welcome, congratulations to them. Uh, if they don't, I don't know what to say at that point. You know, um, as far as far as who makes it and who doesn't, this in this. Uh, division Tampa I think will win the division this year Florida will fall back to third probably and Toronto to second if I had to guess Hmm. I still think Boston probably takes the third spot uh, or fourth spot but um, if anyone's going to jump up do I think it's Ottawa yeah probably yeah I think I do if I think it's anybody um, but I think it's probably going to be sitting that same top four. I don't know. Do you have any differences of opinion there? No, I mean, that's kind of what I think. It's going to be the same four that were there last year, maybe a little reshuffling around of spots and everything. But I'm hoping Ottawa challenges for it. I think there's an outside chance that they make the playoffs, but it's still going to be tough to make up those those 30 points. you got to both be significantly better and hope that one of those four teams kind of drops the ball a little bit um which is which is quite a bit to hope for so it would be hilarious if they bounced the the um maple leafs out of the playoffs so that well i was gonna say if they eke, if they eke in they're gonna be the easiest you know quote unquote easiest team to play in the first round but then if they beat if they beat <laughs> toronto they should like fire uh dubas into the sun 
that just be like, well, I guess it's completely over. Um, what I find kind of funny though, too, trip on the Maple Leaf somewhere, is that <laughs> people are like, oh, the the Austin Matthews is definitely gonna stay. And I'm like, if Kyle Dubas leaves or whatever, that Kyle Dubas and Austin Matthews, those are like they're not the same guy, but that's that's Kyle Dubas's guy. Kyle Dubas is Austin Matthews guy. Like, I'm not saying they're gonna get a new GM who's like trade Austin Matthews, but I'm just saying like Austin Matthews has now like lost a bit of a connection to that city and is like, oh, I don't know, we'll see. We haven't done anything. And there's some teams offering me like, I don't know, in two summers from now, like $16 million or blah, 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 and to have a whole plan. You know, you just never know. I'm just saying if Kyle Dubas is still here, they've made the second round, much better chance he stays. Kyle Dubas gets fired after they lose this first round. That's that's shaky, man. That's awfully shaky. I wouldn't feel I, I honest to God, if I was a Maple Leafs fan, like try and take all the annoyance out of out of my life and hearing about them all the time and try and view it sort of neutral or through their eyes. I would be scared if they lose the first round this year and Dubas is fired. Like in terms of keeping Matthews, I'd be really scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, he's saying all the right things, but how many times have we seen someone say all the right things and not be, uh, not, not follow through on it, you know? So it is going to be interesting to watch. That's the Atlantic division preview. Ian, uh, do we have anything else we need to discuss? I got a trivia night to go dominate in a little while. Didn't you just win a trivia night? Didn't I did just win a trivia master. Night. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did. It was excellent. It was most wonderful. My highlight, Ian, was uh, deducing from thin air that a quote that they read uh, must have been from Reese Witherspoon in Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> um, it was uh, so. It was a, obviously he gave a quote and he gave a little context. It was something like this sassy, sassy Southern bell said, or, or sassy woman said such and such the, the quote um, it contained the, the store piggly wiggly. It was like, what did they run out of soap from the piggly wiggly since I left? And so immediately when he said sassy and piggly, piggly wiggly, I knew it was Southern. I was like, that has to be Reese Weatherspoon. It was just like, boom. For hundred percent, I don't. I just knew it deep in my soul, and then I I thought Sweet Home Alabama pretty soon after that. But they always play a song that's like a very veiled clue, or they sometimes play a song that's a very veiled clue. And they were playing Country Grammar by Nelly, so I was like, okay, you know, the South. It actually says Alabama in the song at one point. Um, and then it just, it, you know, it just kind of kept going from there. And then I thought about you know, since I left and all I know about Sweet Home Alabama, which I know it's going to sound like I'm protesting having never seen a rom-com and I'm making all this up. Genuinely, I want to watch it. I make no bones about liking rom-coms and stuff, but like I haven't seen it. All I remember from like the previews and stuff is that like she's returning back home. And so like the since I left was my final confirmation that like must be Sweet Home Alabama. So we turned it in and then I sat there waiting for the answer. And as soon as he said sweet, I was just like, this is the greatest moment. <laughs> so uh it was a good night we did win we we actually played i was a group we had a group of guys in for work that aren't normally here uh that i work closely with so so we went out to one trivia night we were just getting absolutely trashed um and then the final final round we made a couple of you know we got a couple couple questions right and then we had a the very final question was like you could wager up to 15 points um, so mm. we just went all in because we had nothing to lose. We got it right. It was, um, oh, this will be funny and real quick. We'll do this and then we'll sign off. Uh, you have to you have to put these guys in chronological order of birth from oldest to youngest. The names were Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Gosling, Kanye West, and Michael Phelps. So you're Googling it right now. I can no, see no, your face. <laughs> Rodgers, Kanye West, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling, and Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Oh boy! And we, as a team, figured this out. Got it right. Made ten dollars because of this. Really? Yeah. Oh boy! Oh boy! That is hard. Who do you think's the oldest? Start there. That's that one feels pretty easy to me. Does it? <laughs> this i'm getting i'm getting soccer podcast shout, shout your, oh no that, i'm trying to help you here shout your answer <laughs> shout your answers out at home folks 
Oh, God. It's either Kanye West or Aaron Rodgers, right? Either. Yeah, it's one of those two people. I guarantee Oh, Is it Aaron Rodgers? One of them's an active athlete and one of them's a rapper. Think again. Try again. <laughs> well, Aaron Rodgers is old, though, isn't he? Yeah, I, okay, it's Kanye West. I should have gone with West it. Is this is oldest. my gut, and I should have gone with it. Kanye West, do you think Aaron? is the youngest? Michael Phelps? You're correct. But I will warn you, Aaron Rodgers is not older than Ryan Gosling. So as Kanye, Gosling, Rodgers. Oh, okay. Rodgers is only 38. Michael Phelps is like 36, 37. Kanye is 45 and Ryan Gosling's 41. So uh, we got it right. We deduced it. So we we jumped up to fourth. They were reading the names off one by one and they said in the money and they hadn't said our team name yet. And we were all just like, what? And so we decided we had to go find another trivia night. There happened to be one. And then we went and won that one. And it was a glorious night. So yeah. we're going to look into uh, a different group of people is looking to continue the hot streak tonight. We're going to so run I'll, in this team. I'll run let everybody town. know how, uh, how that goes. Anything, uh, anything to say before we sign off? Notice best of luck. Hopefully they have a hockey category in Thank Florida. You. Oh, here's going. And then I'll embarrass myself on it. <laughs> They'll be like, Tiger Williams once fought Hingle McCringleberry <laughs> in the Philadelphia <laughs> Spectrum in 1973. What were their mother's names? What were their mother's <laughs> names? Exactly. Let's talk about Jeff Merrick would know. Jeff Merrick would be like, oh. I'm right. tight with both of these families. I'm yeah. so tight with these families. Loretta Williams, oh, just a gem of a woman. <laughs> just a gem. But I'll be I'll be honest, Bev McCringleberry, she's got some bite to her. I think she'd win in a fight. Once, right, said, got... once she said she liked chocolate milk more than normal milk, and I was a little scared of her. I thought that's she was going to take a swing at me. That's a little too spicy for my taste. <laughs> too spicy for those Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we are going to sign off. We are going to be back next week with the Misery Index, I believe. And mm-hmm. then go from there with our final couple division te- previews. The season's not that far away. Preseason hockey is very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I think it's this weekend. That's right. Uh, so we'll have some early analysis maybe next week. And we will talk to you all real soon. Goodbye. See ya. You got the touch. You got the power